wisely and that you comprehend it. But in your great mercy, Lord, you have stooped down to come close to us and to draw us near to yourself. And we pray this morning that uh, by your Spirit you will open our hearts and teach us, Lord, to draw ever closer to you. Yes. Because in you there's life and joy forevermore. So, Lord, we just uh, bow before you and thank you for who you are and ask you to teach us and instruct us in righteousness this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Greg. Well, we are in the time between the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus. Uh, If you look on the church calendar, we're about right in the middle of the process. Uh, There was 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and Jesus' ascension. And um, what we're going to talk about this morning is I want to look at what that transition looked like between Jesus being here and before he handed things over to the Holy Spirit and went back to be with the Father. It's a major transition. So the title of the message this morning is Walking with God in Times of Transition. And um, I think there are lots of transitions going on. People are having babies. That's a big transition. I've never had one, but I can only imagine. I went over to Amanda's house to hold the baby, and she threw up all over me. And, and uh, Amanda sent me a note and said, come back. I will, I'll make sure she saves a good puke for you. <laughs> That's classic Amanda, right? Hey, good morning, Cecil. Um, so, um, and then, of course, people are going through transitions with jobs. Uh, we're going through the transition with COVID. Um, nations are in nations are in great distress. There are lots of transitions happening in our lives right now. Transitions with older parents. I know that's my case. So, um, I wanted. So, I just think there's a lot that the scriptures have to say about transition. It's not obvious, but it is implied. And so, I want to look at this transition that the disciples went through in the 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension. So, we're going to start in Acts chapter 1. And in Acts chapter 1, um, we're, and of course, remember that. Luke and Acts are actually to go together. You know, the, you know, in the in the Bible, the way it's broken up, you know, John is between Luke and Acts, but actually, Luke and Acts are a two-part series. So you can just imagine finishing the book of Luke and then going right into the into Acts. And at the end of Luke, you see the encounter of Jesus with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, right, where they didn't recognize him, and um, and he was asking them, you know, why you look so depressed? And and they asked him, are you the only one that's been in Jerusalem these last days and not know what happened? And he's like, well, what happened? And they start telling these, and Jesus starts telling them about, you know, well, they start telling Jesus that they don't recognize about all his, the suffering, the trial, the crucifixion of Jesus. And and Jesus just starts talking in the scriptures and t- telling them, oh, well, don't you remember, this is what the prophets said. And so all along this seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus, they're talking to Jesus but don't recognize him. And when they get to Emmaus, Jesus says, um, I'd like for you to, they said, come and stay with us. And when they sat down to eat and Jesus broke the bread, their eyes were opened and they realized it was Jesus they'd been talking to. And then he disappeared. Um, now think about that. 
And then they got up and walked seven miles back to Jerusalem to tell all the rest, hey, Jesus is really alive. So in Acts, so at the end of that encounter, then we see Acts chapter 1, and this is what it says. It says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So this, so what's interesting is Jesus wasn't done when he, after he, when he died and he suffered and he died and he was resurrected from the dead, he wasn't finished yet. He wasn't finished yet. He still had more work to do, and he stayed 40 more days. I, th I find that fascinating, you know, because you would think, okay, you know, I'm done, right? It is finished. You know, I suffered, I died, I bled, I've paid the price for the brokenness of this world. I've, I've paid the price for sin and death. It's done. And he's resurrected. He's alive now. But for 40 days, he's got more work to do. And this, this work he had to do is the transitional period for his followers between the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And um, so then it says in verse 4 there in Acts 1, he says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit many days from now. And so right before Jesus goes back to be with the Father, here it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is it now that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So after all they'd been through with Jesus, three years walking with Jesus, hoping that he was going to deliver them from the Romans, and he never did, now he's been crucified and resurrected and their deepest hope comes out again. Now are you going to do it, Jesus? Now are you going to overthrow the government? Now are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Because you know, Jesus, we're the chosen. We're the Jews. Get rid of the Romans. Let's set up the kingdom of Israel again. And Jesus says to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then he took off. He just started rising, until, and he went into the clouds, and they couldn't see him anymore. And he was gone. So, but I want us to take a step back and look at what was happening during those 40 days to his followers, all right? So we're going to look at the book of John, chapter 20 and 21. So I want us to notice that one of the questions I want us to think about this morning is this. In times of transition, what gets exposed in us? In times of transition, what things do we become aware of that maybe normally we're not aware of? Because 
life just simply happens. Life doesn't necessarily do anything to us. It's how we respond to life. So what gets exposed in times of transition? So in, in John 20, um, in verse 19, we begin to see what the disciples were struggling with after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it says this, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. The first thing we noticed that was being exposed in the lives of the disciples in this transitional period was deep fear. Deep fear. Oh my gosh, Jesus is dead. What's going to happen now? Who am I now? I've given three years of my life to follow Jesus. And we were, had a good thing going. We were healing people. We saw demons leave people. You know, we saw crowds following us. We saw one miracle after another. We were the Messiah followers. We had high hopes. This was a good gig. I mean, we were, we were, we were going to, we were going to, you know, they were hoping we we're going to like get rid of the Romans. And he's dead. And they're in the room. They got the doors locked because they're afraid of the Jews. Because they were next, they're probably going to come after them, right? They're the ones that were hanging out with Jesus. They all know who their identity is. Nothing new about identity, uh, uh, facial recognition these days, you know. Um, we, uh, we have it, uh, we, nothing new about that. They knew who those people were, right? They didn't have the internet, but they all knew who those Jesus people were. And they were going to come after them. And so they were locked in, the, they were locked up, locked up in fear. They weren't out on the streets. They were locked away. And Jesus said, peace be to you. And then Jesus said, he showed them his hands and his side. And he said, and the disciples says the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> I bet it was more than glad. They were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. They were filled with fear. And Jesus said, peace be to you don't be afraid and then he says as the father has sent me I'm sending you and then he said and then after he said this Jesus breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit if you receive the sins of any they are forgiven them and if you withhold forgiveness from sin any it was is withheld now Thomas now next next thing we see is Thomas one of the twelve wasn't with them when Jesus showed up Thomas, so the disciples said, we've seen Jesus. And Thomas said, not going to believe it. Not going to believe it until I see the evidence. I would call him the, the, the scientific the scientific disciple. I, I want the proof. I want to see the evidence until I see. I put my hands and my finger in his side and my finger in his nails. Prince, I won't believe it. And you know what? What's so amazing? Eight days later, Jesus shows up again, and Thomas is there. And Jesus came, and the doors were still locked. <laughs> Eight days later, the doors were still locked. And there was Thomas with them. And Jesus came and again said, Peace be with you. In Mark, it says Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Um, and then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. 
see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. What an amazing statement. Jesus, the king of the universe, who has taken on humanity, is so willing to come so close to us. He says to Thomas, go ahead, put your hand right here. Put it in there. Touch my hands. Come close to me. Touch me. What's so amazing is that after fear, one of the things the disciples were struggling with in this time of transition was doubt. Can this really be true? Jesus is back again? Woohoo! You know, what's going to happen now? You know, um, and but that he was doubting, but Jesus came and met him in his place of doubt. Jesus came and met him in his place of fear. And he said, don't fear and don't, uh, don't have unbelief. Reach out and touch me and believe. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So we see that first Jesus, so in times of transition, which we are all living in. You know, I, I was in a teaching this week when someone else was teaching from Singapore and a man I really respect and he said, every transition is a vulnerability. Every transition is a vulnerability. You think about it. The first transition we all go through is birth. The baby transitions from the womb to, you know, reality of being on this planet through the birth canal. And it's a rude transition, you know, from this nice, safe, comfortable place and out you come and there's the bright lights and somebody slaps your butt and, you know, and you start crying and then they wash you off and all of a sudden, welcome to the human race, you know. That's a rude transition. That's the first transition we all go through and you can't avoid it. It's birth. You know, then we go through a series of transitions in life, you know, become you, you first, first time you go to school. Um, adolescence, puberty, you know, pimples breaking out all over, transition, um, trying to decide what kind of career you're going to pursue, what school you might go to, getting married, huge transition, hadn't happened to me, but I've seen lots of people go through it, um, uh, it's traumatic, traumatic. <laughs> a cross-cultural encounter, um, you know, um, having a baby, having your own children, another transition. And then of course, if you live, continue living, you have the transition of midlife, watching your parents get older, watching your parents die. And in the end, the final transition is you leave this earth and you go back to be with the father. And now I was talking with Preston and Tia the other night and Preston said, you know what's interesting? When you come into the world, you wear diapers. And when you go out of this world, you're wearing diapers. And I said, well, it's true. Um, so, you know, honestly, and, you know, when we really are real about it, we go through transitions all the time, right? But transitions expose what's going on inside of us. Fears, insecurities, doubts, identity. Who am I now? Who am I now as a married person, not a single person? Who am I now as a mother? I never had a child before. Rebecca's going through that. You know, who am I now as a married person? Who am I now as a single that didn't get married? 
who am I now when my job didn't go the way I thought it was going to go? Or I lost my job. I lost my business. You know, and things didn't work out the way I thought they were going to work out. Who am I now? Next thing we see in John chapter 21 is that Jesus reveals himself to some disciples that had gone fishing. It's interesting. Peter said, you know, I'm going fishing. Well, that's what he used to do before he started following Jesus. So he says, Let's ju- I'm just going to go fishing. And, um, and so they were fishing. They didn't catch anything. And um, they didn't recognize Jesus. And Jesus, the day was just dawning. And Jesus said, do you have any fish? And they said, no. And he said, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And they couldn't even bring the net in because they had so many fish. And, and Peter said, and the disciple that Jesus loved, referring to John, said to Peter, it's the Lord. Their eyes were opened, again, because of the experiences they had had with Jesus throughout those three years. And so um, Peter, being the person he was, just jumps out of the boat. <laughs> and he goes to be with Jesus. And Jesus made them breakfast. And, of course, this is the account of Jesus dealing with another issue in transition, and that is shame. Peter was very ashamed. He had denied Jesus three times. He was a broken man. He was broken. We just sang about it. We're broken. Jesus is the Redeemer. Can you only imagine how ashamed he felt, how disappointed he felt in himself, how embarrassed he was? He let everybody down. He let Jesus down. And Jesus comes and they have breakfast and he asked those he asked Simon Peter those three times, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He, Jesus in his great love and compassion restored Peter by asking that question. Peter had denied him three times. Jesus asked him three times, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. You're restored, Peter. You 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 don't have to go don't give up. You're restored to the, the calling upon your life. What I find so wonderful is Jesus didn't do this in a, in a synagogue or a, a, a religious building. No, he did it by the seashore on a breakfast. What a wonderful Lord. What a kind Jesus. It wasn't a spiritual service. It wasn't, a, it wasn't over a, you know, um, some, you know, deep message. No, it's just breakfast together breakfast together. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And then, of course, Peter, being the one he is, he said, Lord, what about John? <laughs> and, the, and Jesus said, that's not your problem. You just keep following me. So in this transition, this 40-day transition, what do we see? We see fear, doubt, disillusionment, shame, I'm sure confusion, shock, anger. And you think about it, at the end of those 40 days, when Jesus took off into the clouds, they, they, the, the transition was now finished. Jesus was now going to hand over things to the Holy Spirit. The Father had sent Jesus. Jesus is now going to hand it over to the Holy Spirit. And 
the Holy Spirit is going to empower the followers of Jesus to keep walking out the kingdom of God. And um, in this transition, at the very end of the 40 days, the disciples who are gathered there say, Now, Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They still wanted a political Messiah. And Jesus said, It's not for you to know. And that's not what I'm about. Those 40 days, all Jesus talked about was the kingdom of God. It's not, it's a kingdom that's an upside down kingdom. It's not a worldly kingdom. And, um, and then, of course, something very significant happened. Jesus leaves. And now the disciples are now going to be leading the church. And all they've ever known is how to be a Jew. Jesus isn't calling them to be a Jew anymore. He's calling them to be a Christ follower. And all of a sudden, Christianity is being born. And it's not just for the Jews. It's going to be for every culture, every people. He's going to send them all over the world. Thomas is going to become the the apostle to India. The doubter that Jesus redeemed is going to be the apostle to India. Peter is going to be one of the key leaders of the church. Um, but they um, they only knew how to be Jews. Now the Jews didn't even want them. And they didn't want them in the synagogues. You know, you see the resistance that they found that the early church uh, encountered with the religious leaders. Now they're going to be Christ followers. And it's not going to be just this select group of people, but it's going to be a big big, big, big kingdom of God, body of Christ. What a transition. And you know what? In in Acts chapter 10, when Peter had the vision of the sheets coming down, he was still, he hadn't gotten it yet. And because Cornelius was going to come and say, come and tell us about, you know, the truth. And, um, And God had to prepare Peter with a vision saying, you know, eat these unclean animals and Peter said I'll never do that Lord and and Jesus in the vision said to Peter you know don't call unclean what I call clean and so you know the uh, and when Peter went to Cornelius's house he said now I did it you love these people too <laughs> wow what a revelation <laughs> it's not just me it's not just the chosen frozen no if they oh he loves these people too no, I can eat shrimp. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, this is a huge transition, folks, that they're walking through. Transitions do this to us if we allow them. In a, every transition, there's three parts there's an ending, there's the wilderness time, and there's the new beginnings. There are three parts to every transition. Something has ended. You don't quite know what the new thing is yet, so you're walking in the neutral zone, the in-between zone, the wilderness zone. What am I going to do with this transition? And then there's the new beginnings, if we can get there. A great picture of this is in the Old Testament when God's people came out of Egypt. You think about it. For 430 years, all they had known was how to be a slave. 430 years, they were under Egypt, they were slaves, they had nothing, they worked hard, they died. They lived, they worked, they died. 430 years. 
When they came out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses, they were slaves that had only known Egyptian government, Egyptian uh, Egyptian culture and society. And all of a sudden they come out and God says, now you're going to be my people. And and you're, I'm going to take you to the promised land. Well, the promised land was the thing they were heading for. But to get there, they had to go through the wilderness. And what happened in the wilderness? The same things that just happened to Jesus' disciples. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're coming after us. Oh my gosh. We don't have water today. Oh my goodness. Where's the food? Oh my goodness. I don't like the leader. Okay. Um, oh my goodness. I think we better go back to Egypt. It was good there. <laughs> it was good there. Where are you going back to? Slavery slavery going back to fear going back to shackles going back to slavery but it was good there don't you remember how good it was i mean we worked probably 14 hours a day making bricks without straw it was good wasn't it <laughs> yeah oh no 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 so the biggest one of the biggest challenges in any transition is lord i don't think i can do it i don't think i can do this i don't think i can walk through this transition it's too scary it's too fearful i'm going to go back to what i know and i'm going to stay there I'm just going to stay there because it's safer there. Second thing is is a lot of doubt, uh, disobedience, groaning, complaining. Well, I'll stay in the wilderness, but I ain't going to the promised land because there's giants over there, and I don't. I'm scared to death. And that's why they stayed in the wilderness for so many years. It was never God's intention they stayed there, but they stayed there because they were so afraid. They wouldn't go in to the promised land. Because there were giants there. Same for our lives. In any transition we go through, we go through these three stages. And we hope, by the grace of God, we get to the new beginnings. Because that's where God wants us. Because where the new, the promised land represents freedom. From slavery to freedom. From death to life. From sin to being forgiven. The, the new beginning represents life again, freedom again. Don't you feel it with COVID? We're hoping for the new beginnings, yeah, to get free. But every transition exposes us. It's a vulnerability. Am I going to go back to what I know so I'm safe? Am I going to complain so much about the wilderness that I never get even to the border of the promised land? I'll die like that. Or do I face my fears and my doubts and my greatest, my greatest challenges? Do I face them and push into God and get into the promised land where there's freedom, where there's wholeness, where there's integration? That's the question. And that's the question that we face in every transition we go through. And I, I wanted to do that. This message was really on my heart because, you know, in YWAM right now, we're in a huge, in, the, in, in YWAM, we're in Mercy Ships where I'm working. There's huge transitions uh, because of COVID, can't travel, leadership meetings, can't make decisions because we're not, it's hard on Zoom. We got 40 people trying to make decisions over Zoom, not working well. People are getting frustrated. Um, 
My mother will turn 90 this year, and she had a medical episode this last trip I was on out to Texas. I don't know how long I have with my mom. I don't know what life will be like without her. It will be a, cha it'll be a change. It will be a transition. Um, so, many, so many areas where I feel I'm walking through transitions, and they're scary. They're very scary. Transitions can be with you're watching your own children go through phases of their life, and you're like, I don't know. I, I'm afraid. What's going to happen? What will the outcome be? Transition in jobs. It's not what I wanted. You know, it's not what I wanted to have happen. The, the position I thought I was going to keep is not mine anymore. How do I deal with that? Um, transition in just our culture and society. Wow, Lord, you know, these we're going through so many transitions. What's going to happen to us? But honestly, what the Lord is calling us to do is what Jesus challenged his disciples to do. Wait. Wait. Until you are empowered from on high to face the new beginnings. Wait. Lean into the Lord. Be freshly empowered by the grace of God, the strength of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't we're not gonna make we're not gonna do well. So the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Trinity, the Father sent the Son to redeem everything. He took on humanity, the fully God, fully man. Jesus does all these things for three years. He reveals the kingdom. He is, suffers. He's crucified. He resurrects. He encourages these disciples for 40 days and he leaves and he sends the Holy Spirit. We're getting ready to come up into Pentecost um, in another month. This, this leaning into the Lord is the only way we're going to make it through the transitions and come out on the other side as stronger in Christ, more, more rooted, more grounded, more stable as followers of Jesus, no matter what happens to us, no matter what happens with the government, no matter what happens in our culture and society, that we will be stable because we'll be anchored in Jesus no matter what happens. That's the only thing that will keep us. That's it. So, uh, good. I've spoken long enough. Um, I want to just, I wanted to end today by just having us pray with each other, um, just in small groups, you know, and share perhaps what transition you might be in right now. And just to pray for one another that we'd be strengthened you know, by the power of God and the transitions that we're walking through. And then after that, um, Bill, I don't know what you have at the end, but you've got a song. So if we could just meet in small groups and just pray for about five, five, ten minutes, don't be in a hurry. Because honestly, this is the application is that we would we would respond to the Lord and be honest with one another and pray for one another in our transitions. So let's do that. And then Bill will lead us in a song. <clears throat>